0: And of some sportswear or just want to rep your favorite team. I know occasionally I like to do so. Well, do it in style and shop with the 47 brand. Premium headwear and apparel style since 1947. Officially licensed gear by your favorite team. I have bought a couple pieces from this website. I love the 47 brand. Great brand, great quality, and affordable prices. Go check out the 47 brand. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back, another episode of the ITP. into it, let's get into it, let it rock for a little bit, let it rock for a little bit. Okay, let's get into it. Welcome back everybody to another episode of the IKP, episode 138, episode 138 of the Isaiah Kid Podcast. I'm your humble and highly favored uh, and gracious host, Isaiah Kid. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. So, you know, we got some sports back. I've been telling you guys that um sports is coming back and I know some people are like, uh, sports? No. We we need sports. We need it. We need it. We need it right now. Like I mean like throughout this quarantine process, throughout this whole quarantine and this pandemic, I know you guys, I know you guys have to have had to have watched just about every show that's on Netflix. Like I know you guys are tired of Netflix. It's just something about live sports, a live event. It's just something about watching it or being at one. It's a different feeling than watching a show and a, a docu-series. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of tired of it. We need live sports back. We need sports. We're getting it back. Um, NBA bubble doing well. But um, let's start with the NFL. Let's start with the NFL. By the way, before I even get started, uh, I hope everybody out there is doing well, being safe, staying uh, Staying healthy. Wear your mask, wash your hands Doing all those things you need to do just In order to stay healthy and COVID free uh, So I hope everybody out there Is doing good, shout out to the first time Listeners, shout out to all the um, Shout out to the listeners That's just started throughout the quarantine Cause we got, we have picked up, we have gained um, some, some, we've gained A lot of audience throughout the pandemic So shout out to them, if you just started Listening, shout out to, you know, the people that's been Listening since episode one so we're all in together. So let's get into it. So <laughs> you know, the Chiefs. And before I even say this, I like the Chiefs. I like the Chiefs. I like the I like Mahomes. Um I always when I when I saw these, when I've been seeing these comments for the last few weeks uh with the Chiefs and after the big time deal with Mahomes, everybody's talking dynasty and how many rings they're going to win. A couple weeks ago, like I said, I think I think they should win at least two more. Maybe two more. I think they do have one left, but I think they I think they could possibly win two more. It wouldn't surprise me if they finish with 3. And that's 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 doable. That's that that's very much that that's very much doable in in, in, in the NFL. Um so <laughs> Chris Jones, uh defensive lineman, he's he's a really good defensive lineman. Chris Jones Came out and said, you know, on this video interview, I guess, you know, you know, these local radio interviews that people be doing, that these, that some of these players be doing, and they, you know, feed into the hype. He just got paid. Mahomes just got paid. Kansas City is coming off a Super Bowl. Obviously, you guys know that. But he he went out and said, hey, Chris Jones promises five plus rings. He's promising parade after, parade, after parade, after parade, after parade, after parade, after parade. Like no, I'm not kidding. Go look at go listen to the the, the, the to, to the um, radio interview. No, he like no. He went on and on and on. He it was it was very similar um very comparable to LeBron's not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, not six. It was very, It was like it was going down that same trend and that same lane, and we saw how that thing works out. NBA different league though. With the NFL, <laughs> first I'm gonna tell you right now. You know, for all your Chiefs fans, for all the Chief fanboys, for all the bandwagon Chiefs fans, because I know they're, I know they're out there, especially with them winning the Super Bowl. Um and them looking and them you know the Chiefs are gonna be a pretty good team. The Chiefs are gonna be a pretty good team uh, for a long time to come, and they're gonna be pretty good for a long time to come, and they're gonna they're gonna be good for years to come. But they are not gonna win five Super Bowls. I'm gonna tell you that right now. They're not winning five Super Bowls. The Chiefs are not winning five Super Bowls. The Kansas City Chiefs are not winning five Super Bowls, and this is what I talked about. Uh, What, a couple of weeks ago, when Mahomes got paid, I talked about, oh my gosh, watch out for the, re- for the unrealistic expectations. Don't you know, before I even get into the reasons why I don't think they'll win five Super Bowls. Okay, Tom Brady has six championships. He has six Super Bowls. But, and he won three. In the beginning of his career. He won his first three. He won the first half of six. That first three. In the beginning of of his career. But from his third Super Bowl victory. All the way to his fourth. There was a nine year gap. There was a nine year gap. In between him winning his third Super Bowl. And fourth Super Bowl. Mind you. He played in a weak AFC East division. He had Bill Belichick. He had, most of those years, good defenses. And he it took him nine seasons just to win another Super Bowl after winning his third. Just think about that. Bray has six, and he has a great career. And he's, he's an all-time legend. And he's the greatest quarterback of all time, according to me. In, in my opinion, I think he's the greatest quarterback of all time. But in between his third and fourth ring... There was a nine. It was nine years in between. It was nine seasons in between where he didn't win. Yeah, he ain't got to a couple of Super Bowls in between, but he didn't win a Super Bowl those nine years in between. Those nine years were very much spread out. Steelers and Big Ben, Peyton Manning in Indianapolis, Eli a couple times, Baltimore. Like he, those nine years were spread out, in each, and he did not win a title. He didn't win his fourth Super Bowl title. Nine years after his third, you would have never thought that, but it happened. It did. Then let me get to the reasons why the Chiefs aren't gonna win a. They're not gonna win five Super Bowls or five plus Super Bowls. I'm gonna get to that reason right now. Let me give you the reasons. First, they're paying Patrick Mahomes too much money, and I'm not saying I think Patrick Mahomes deserves it. I think he. I think he's deserved. I think he deserves it. You can make. You can probably make an argument. He's worth more than what he's getting paid. Well, that's a whole other conversation. But in a salary cap in a in a hard salary cap league that I always talk about that the NFL is, I always talk about and I always point out the hard salary cap in the NFL. And I always tell you guys, you, you when you pay when you pay players and we have to pay a certain amount for players, it 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 it, it forces you or it locks you. Now it don't force you. It locks you down, and you can't just go out and pay for everybody. You can't pay for everybody. So with Mahomes getting paid $45 million a year, that makes him the highest-paid quarterback, and it's not even close. Not saying he doesn't deserve it, because he obviously does. But the last, the last quarterback that won the Super Bowl, and he was the highest-paid quarterback in the league, with Steve Young in 1994 with the 49ers, so it doesn't happen. It happens very rarely. It, it, it does not happen often when you are the highest paid, when you are the highest paid quarterback, or hell, the highest paid player on, on, in the league, and you win Super Bowls. It just doesn't work like that. It, it, it does not work like that. You can't play cheap. The, the, the Chiefs had to pay Mahomes, but it's just the fact of the matter is. When you put so much money and so much of your salary is going to one guy or a couple guys, because get this, the Chiefs went out and paid Patrick Mahomes, which they, which they should have, and they went out and paid Chris Jones. They, they went out and paid Chris Jones and, 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 and Mahomes. They're going to have weaknesses on their offensive line. They're going to have weaknesses in their secondary which is which probably is going to prohibit them from winning five or more Super Bowls, as Chris Jones promised. So that's the first reason. And then the second reason, here's another reason. Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. Um, I think, uh, you know, I, I've, I've said this on countless occasions. I think Baltimore's team this year, I think they arguably have the best secondary— uh, they have one of the better O lines in football, and their O line is practically young. Uh, their defense is good. They have guys all over the roster. Due to Lamar not not being paid nothing, Lamar is still in his rookie deal. So the Ravens are still, st- uh, you know, they're still able to go out and acquire really, really good players. Um, and they're paying them, they're paying them a decent amount. But the Ravens are in, as far as their salary cap. It's far much different than Kansas City. Lamar is a great quarterback. They got a great coach. They got a good front office. So Baltimore is still in the AFC. Baltimore, I think, will still be a roadblock. I think Baltimore is Kansas City biggest threat in the AFC. And I don't even think it's close to like when you when you're talking about threats in the AFC going into this year, Baltimore is right there. And I think some people will argue. I think some people will probably argue that Baltimore is the better team. Like, from offense, defense, you know, both sides of the ball, most people would argue or some people would argue that Baltimore is the better team. That, 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 you know, so, so when, five, when people say five Super Bowls, no. No. And it, I feel like we say this a lot with a lot of the teams, a lot, a lot of these young teams. Like, look at how many teams we have said that about. Go back and look at the 2013 Seahawks. After the 2013 Seahawks beat, I mean, they they annihilated the Broncos in that Super Bowl. But after they beat the Broncos in that Super Bowl, and with that young secondary and the defense and with Russell Wilson, all of us said, everybody said, oh, this Seattle team is going to win multiple Super Bowls. This Seattle team could win four or five Super Bowls. It didn't happen like that. That Seattle team did not it didn't happen like that. They got back to the Super Bowl but lost it even though they should have won that one. But they lost it and they haven't they haven't gotten back to the Super Bowl since. That that the defense that we all love with that, you know, the legion of boom in Seattle, none of those guys are still there. Earl Thomas different team, Rich Sherman different team, actually plays within the division. Uh, you know, Cam Chancellor retired. So like a lot of those guys that played in that, that played on that 2013 Seattle team aren't aren't even there. So look at just just look at it. so like it's just so many that's just the most recent example of teams that we romanticize over and say oh look at this. they're so young they got so much potential they I think they could win four or five Super Bowls. No, it just don't happen like that. It doesn't happen like, things don't happen like that in the NFL. It just doesn't happen. And then Lastly, or not even lastly, but it's very hard to win a Super Bowl. It's very, like, look at all of the great franchises that lead, that has the most Super Bowl wins. Pittsburgh has six, New England has six, San Francisco has five, the Cowboys have five. It's very hard to, like, these, these Super Bowl runs just don't happen like that. They don't happen, they don't happen like that. It's a time. It takes time. It takes. It's a process to winning a Super Bowl, and and last but not least, last but certainly not least, look at all the young quarterbacks in the league. I, I think I think Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in football. I think he's the most talented. I think he's the most talented by far. But you got all these. You got all these quarterbacks in the league: Deshaun Watson, Carson Wentz. Lamar Jackson, uh, I mean you, Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, all these all these really really good quarterbacks. You got your hall of you got your Hall of Fame quarterbacks that's still trying to add on to their legacy and win more time and win more championships. Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Drew Brees, Russell Wilson. Then you got your young star quarterbacks, Carson Wentz, Lamar Jackson, uh, Kyle Murray. You, you have all these young quarterbacks and. Come on! It's just it's it's unrealistic to think uh, that Kansas City is going to win five Super Bowls. And this is just the you know we romanticize because we like Kansas City, small market. Uh, we like Andy Reid. We like we like what the Chiefs are all about. They're high octane offense. Mahomes, Andy Reid, good ownership, good front office. We just like everything. We like the components of Kansas City, and I and I do too. But I'm not gonna sit up here and say, "Oh, yeah, they're gonna win five Super." No, 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 no. No, with the with the salary that they're paying Chris Jones and Patrick Holmes alone, just those two salaries alone, takes up a lot of cap space. Then, not to mention all the other guys that they got to, that they have paid or still paying. Then you count, you you take it into account, it's hard to win Super Bowls in this league. Not saying that Kansas City won't be good. I think they'd be good. I think they'd be Super Bowl contenders for a long time. I think they'd be Super Bowl contenders for a long time. But that don't mean they're going to win four or five Super Bowls because it's not going to happen. I think they win two, at least two more. (laughs) So, yeah, the Chiefs, I mean, I like the Chiefs. And that's no hate towards them. That's nothing negative towards them. I just think, I actually think it's quite unfair that people are putting these high expectations. I mean, all the all the Kansas City uh journalists and columnists and the and the fans even some players but I just think it's a little bit unfair to hold these uh, told to the Kansas City Chiefs um to these unrealistic expectations uh unlikely expectations and something and these things don't occur very often that New England dynasty that we just witnessed that doesn't happen every like we don't we never had that before we ne- the NFL never seen a 20-year dynasty like that. And, <laughs> I mean, with the, the coach, Belichick and Brady, like, we, we I don't think we're going to see that again. Um, we're not going to see a, another 20-year dynasty in the NFL because that's not how the salary cap in the NFL is built. But, so last week, I was speaking on a lot of players getting paid. I spoke on a lot of long-term deals And what people are worth. I talked about Dak and Derrick Henry and Miles Garrett. All those guys got paid in some type of form or fashion. Whether it be a franchise tag or an actual long-term deal. And that got me thinking. That actually had me thinking. Because I like a lot of players that play this position. But this made me think about the tight end position. I think the tight, you could probably, I would make a strong argument that the tight end position is probably the most underpaid position in football. Check this out. It's fran- the franchise tag price, like the franchise tag price for a tight end is $10.5 million. The wide receiver price tag for a franchise tag is 18 million dollars nearly doubles the tight end price the tight end franchise price tag but check this out pro football focus rank the tight end units so pro football pro football focus rank all like the you know the they rank, they do this all, they do these rankings for the offensive line for the quarterbacks for the receivers for every team and pro football focus ranks every team tight end unit And check out the top 10 list. I thought the top 10 list was interesting. And Pro Football Focus ranked the top 10 list as this. The 49ers, Chiefs, Philly, Buccaneers, Rams, Ravens, Minnesota, Raiders, Chargers, Browns at 10. So according to Pro Football Focus, those 10 teams have the best set of tight ends they have the best group of tight ends i found that interesting and the reason why i found that interesting is because look at this super bowl contenders it's a lot of there's a lot of super bowl and playoff bound teams in that top 10 list in my opinion you have three you have what three super bowl contenders in this list, on this list 49ers, Chiefs, Ravens like these like these are three legit super bowl contenders. These are probably three best teams in football. Then you have playoff teams, possible playoff teams like Philadelphia, the Buccaneers, the Browns, the Vikings. So I think there's some correlation there. The tight ends are pretty viable. I think tight ends are pretty viable. Tight ends are important. They, play, they have a huge impact in the game. But like I said, Pro Football Focus ranked the top 10 teams with the best tight end units. Pro Football Focus also ranked the top 10 teams, the top wide receiver units in the NFL going into 2020. And here's the list. The Cowboys, the Buccaneers, the Falcons, the Saints, the Bills, the Chiefs, the Lions, the Cardinals, the Broncos, and the Bengals. You see the difference? There's only maybe two Super Bowl teams, depending on how much you like the Saints. Two Super Bowl teams, maybe? Two? Maybe. That, that maybe that's just if you like the Saints and then the Chiefs, the Chiefs are obviously Super Bowl contenders. But if you think the Saints are a Super Bowl contender, two teams, maybe. This is a clear indication that the tight end position. Should be paid more. I think this is the most underpaid position in football. They block. They pass block. They can catch short patterns. They're, they're, really, they're really difficult to defend because they're too big for safeties at times. And then they're too quick and too fast for linebackers. And then look at this. Often, often in the playoffs, often in down the stretch, late in the season, where the weather is a bit frigid. The weather is rainy and snowy and windy. Look. What is usually said about receivers during that time? Receivers are usually a little bit less productive. You can't really throw the ball down the field because of the wind, because of the snow, because of the rain. Because of the harsh weather, because of the inclement weather, but in the postseason, actually, you had that same type, same type of weather in the postseason. Tight ends can pass block. Tight ends can run shorter routes. So I would argue, the tight end position, down the stretch, playoff football, postseason football. I would make the argument that the tight end position is not only the most underpaid position, but but it is the most. It's more. It's a more impactful position than than the receiver position in postseason play. In postseason play, in postseason play, the tight end position is more impactful than receivers. Because with all the inclement weather, with the harsh weather, you can't throw the ball down the field. Receivers aren't asked to pass; they're not. They're not asked to run block. Tight ends can pass block. Tight ends can run block. Tight ends can run shorter routes. They're very difficult to defend and and and, and cover. I'm taking. I I I think I'm gonna go with this. I think yes, that's my take. Tight end position is probably the most underpaid position. And not only the most underpaid position, but in postseason football. In postseason football, I'm not talking about September and October where the weather is fine in most areas and the receivers are. No, 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 no. I'm talking about in postseason football, late December, January. The tight end position is more impactful than receivers. Simple as that. Simple as that. I have some NBA news to get to. We're going to talk about some LeBron and, you know, we're going to talk about the LeBron and the MVP race after this quick break. I cannot wait to get into it. Um, I got some some really good news coming out of that Orlando Bumble in the NBA. We're, We're going to talk about all those things after this quick break. Before I move on to uh, LeBron and NBA and all that good stuff, uh, Travis Kelsey makes just as much as Golden Tate. Let that sink in. Travis Kelsey is arguably the best tight end in football. Um, You can probably argue George Kittle wouldn't be mad. You can, you know, people like Zach Ertz. But I think I I would probably say Travis Kelsey is the best tight end in football. And he makes just as much money as Golden Tate. No disrespect to Golden Tate, because he's a, he's a good player. He's a solid player. But Golden Tate is not even a top-fifth, like, whip. Is Golden Tate even a top-fifteen receiver? He's, he's not even a top-fifteen receiver. Not, I mean, besides top t- He's not even a top-fifteen. Travis Kelce the best tight end in football. He just won a Super Bowl. Yeah, let that sink in. So, with LeBron, and so with LeBron, 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 the latest news on LeBron, first, the NBA announced that it's, you know, it's ending the MVP race, it's ending all of the awards early. So, you know, players, you know, it's ending early. So, all, you know, LeBron and Giannis have made their MVP case. Now, on countless occasions, not countless occasions, but on multiple occasions on this platform, I have told you guys that LeBron is by far still the best basketball player in the game, and I think he's deserving of his fifth MVP of his career, even though he should have more, but if he wins the MVP this year, it would make it his fifth, and yeah, his fifth, right? (sighs) The NBA, NBA though that's the NBA writers for you. The, the NBA writers, that's that there they go. The LeBron fifth only has he only has four MVPs. Yeah, yeah, right. So they're ending the award they're they're ending the awards early. Um, and then the second um report I have to get to is this. So LeBron, you know, you know LeBron has often gotten bashed for. He's gotten he's gotten criticized due to playing in the weak Eastern Conference, um, and people used to always say, "Oh, LeBron, he would not be doing that out west. He would, I mean, he would not be doing. Well, he's doing out in the Eastern Conference. He wouldn't be doing that in the West." Okay, LeBron goes to the West. He you know leads the league, leads the leading assists. Lakers got the best record in the conference. Blah 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 blah. Bloop. Get that out of here. So first, LeBron is the MVP. LeBron is the MVP. It, it, you know, I know everybody loves Giannis. Um, I think I, I do think Giannis is in his athletic prime. Um, he has, you know, in, in most categories, he has better stats than LeBron. But this is not this this award is not based upon stats. It's not based upon who has the best stats. Um. You, you, yeah. That, that 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 doesn't that doesn't mean that's not the meaning. That's not the definition of MVP. And the reason why I think LeBron, besides him being still the best basketball player at year seventeen, age thirty five, I don't want to bring that up. Uh, I don't want to put that into the into the argument. But with besides him still being the best player at that age and at his experience. LeBron has been a great leader this year. And everything that the like a lot the Lakers this offseason, the Lakers last two offseasons have had some questionable off seasons. They've had some questionable off seasons. And let's just let's just backtrack from last this this past off season. The Lakers went out and acquired Anthony Davis. They traded away a lot of their youth. They traded away a lot of picks for the future. And a lot of, I can remember, like, and they got Anthony Davis in exchange. And Anthony Davis is a great player. And you can make the argument that Anthony Davis is a top five player in basketball. And that's, that's great that you got, you got that. But some people, some of the media was very skeptical of or they questioned why did the lakers give up everything that they had for Anthony Davis. LeBron has made that work. And I know you guys going to say, "Oh, I mean, it's Anthony Davis. He's the best big man in basketball." He, I mean, he, he, yeah, LeBron should make that work. Okay, okay, okay. You know, then hiring a new coach. They the, the lakers fired Luke Walton Everybody's like, oh yeah, the Lakers. <laughs> we know they're gonna hire Ty Lue. Nope, they didn't hire Ty Lue. They hired Frank Vogel and Frank Vogel's assistant is Jason Kidd. Everybody just thought, oh well, LeBron is he just he he's not gonna listen to Frank Vogel. Frank Vogel and LeBron throughout the season, it seems like they've had a really good relationship. I would probably argue since LeBron and since LeBron left. Since LeBron left Cleveland for Miami and his coach was Eric Sprocher, from Eric Spoelstra all the way to David Blatt and Tyron Lue and Luke Walton and now Frank Vogel, I think LeBron and Frank Vogel, out of all of those coaches, have probably been, like, on the best page. It just seems like they're on the same page. It seems like there's some type of connectivity, then, you know, everybody, a lot of the media questioned the White They questioned the Dwight Howard signing. LeBron still still delivered. He still delivered. LeBron is like Amazon. He always delivers. No matter what the circumstances is. This is why LeBron is the MVP. He he always delivers. He is Amazon. He always delivers. No matter. What is the circumstance? He always gets it done. Kyle Kuzma, I you know a lot of people thought um, him going into his what third season? Him going into his third season? Him playing alongside Anthony Davis and LeBron once again. We thought Kuzma was going to rise into the third option. People thought Kyle Kuzma was going to rise up to the occasion for the third option. No, didn't quite happen like that this year. He's dealt with some injuries. He's been streaky at times. He has his moments. LeBron still rise above. Get, he, 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 he uplifts Kyle Kuzma. And then let's just backtrack to the Anthony Davis point. Anthony Davis, I mean, he's a great player. He's a great two-way player. I would probably make the argument that he deserves defensive player of the year. And then we all know how much of an offensive talent he is with his guard skills, um, his you know his back to the basket game, his athleticism. We get it. But even LeBron, even even LeBron, has taken Anthony Davis' game to the next level. Anthony Davis, he's taking his game to the next level. And everybody like, well, Anthony Davis the real MVP on the Lakers. He averaged more points. LeBron is the one that passes. Like, half of Anthony Davis' points comes from LeBron. (laughs) Half of Anthony Davis' points comes from an assist via LeBron. (laughs) Even LeBron, the great player that Anthony Davis is, even LeBron is taking his game to the next level, and we hope to see a really, really good Anthony Davis in the postseason because that's what it's going to take for the Lakers to beat and overcome the Clippers. So why isn't LeBron MVP? Giannis, like, let's just be honest. The Bucs have dominated the, they, they dominated the regular season last year and this year. They've had the best record in the league last year and this year. Great. Mike Budenholzer has a system. The Bucks, I give all credit to the front office. They have built a team that's very compatible and fits really well with Giannis, their superstar. But Giannis didn't have any parts that was moved. Giannis didn't have a new coach. Giannis doesn't have to deal with a dysfunctional front office. Giannis doesn't have to deal with acquiring new pieces New role players. Giannis didn't have to worry about that. Giannis didn't have. Giannis don't worry about having to be the primary ball handler. Giannis doesn't have to worry about creating offense for others. LeBron does all of those things, and even with all that pressure on him to do those things in the tougher Western Conference, I must say, in the much tougher Western Conference, and the Lakers still have the best record. In the conference, LeBron still gets it done. He always delivers, and this is why I think he's the MVP. I think I, I you know, I think it was after it was it was, you know, I watched the Lakers and Celtics game. And it was um the Lakers had won that game against the Celtics. The it was a really good game. Celtics came to LA. Uh the Lakers, it was one of those classic Sunday evening, those the classic Sunday afternoon games. Jason Tatum had a good game. Anthony Davis had a good game. LeBron had a good game. The stars came to play that Sunday afternoon. But I came on the po- I came on the podcast after that game. And I said, LeBron, Jason Tatum is great. Jason Tatum is rising into a superstar before our eyes. And we all know Anthony Davis is a really great player. But I was like, with LeBron, like. Anthony Davis is a great player. <laughs> but LeBron, there's even a gap between LeBron and Anthony Davis. And LeBron, mind you, is like on the back end of his prime, he has gray hairs. He's year 17. There you can see you can see and I watched just about every Lakers game this year. You can see the gap between LeBron and Anthony Davis. And that's no slight to Anthony Davis. It's no slight to Anthony Davis. But you can see there's a gap between LeBron and Anthony Davis. And some of you guys would even argue that Anthony Davis is a top five player. But similar to Jordan, LeBron, there's a gap between him and whoever the second best player is in basketball. Simple as that. If you think if you think it like Kawhi, I like Kawhi. But let's be honest, Kawhi. He he, he, don't even, he, he misses like thirty five percent of the games. He, he he sits out every other night. I mean let's I mean let's be honest. Let's call a spade a spade. Kawhi misses like thirty five percent of the games. Kawhi isn't a great facilitator. He's just a player that is really really good on both sides of the ball. Like I said. Kawhi is, is Kawhi is probably the best two-way, not probably, Kawhi is the best two-way player in basketball. But he isn't a great facilitator. He's not the vocal leader that LeBron is. He doesn't I mean at least he doesn't display those characteristics or those qualities. So if you think Kawhi is the second best if you if you think Kawhi is in the best player conversation. I think not. I think not. If you think Kawhi is better than Giannis, fine. But he's not better than LeBron James. It's just just as simple as that. Kawhi's assists per game over his career is two and a half. (laughs) His his assists per game over his entire career is two and a half. He doesn't create for others. He doesn't make others better. It's two and a half. LeBron led the league in assists this year at 10. 10. (laughs) 10.6. If you think think Giannis is close to LeBron, no, he's not. Giannis can't shoot. Giannis is a good defender. He's a good rim protector, but he can't shoot. And Giannis can can be easily marginalized. He can be easily marginalized. But I mean, for the, I mean, for the last few playoff runs that I've seen Giannis, the last few playoff series that I've seen Giannis, what is Giannis like six eleven? But he shrinks, and I can't even see him on my television set. He, he, I mean, he shrinks. I mean, oh my! I mean, yeah, I mean, Jason Tatum has more playoff series wins than than Giannis. But we all think Giannis is the next coming, but Giannis. He's easily marginalized, marginalized. He can't shoot. And Jason Tatum has more playoff wins. He has more playoff series wins than Giannis. <laughs> Jason Tatum has more playoff series wins than Giannis. But everybody up here would say, oh, I mean, all you guys would probably say, oh, Giannis is better than than, than Jason Tatum. I, LeBron, LeBron, LeBron is the best player in basketball, and whoever you think the second best player is, they're not even close. I'm sorry. They're not even close. That's not, I mean, I'm sorry. LeBron delivers. LeBron always delivers night in, night out, year in, year out. (laughs) I mean, Eastern Conference, Western Conference. You can, I mean, you can, I mean, if you want to use that petty argument, okay. Yeah, there's some there's some bad teams in the Eastern Conference. There's some bad owners in the Eastern Conference. That's not LeBron's fault. (laughs) That's not LeBron's fault. That's not LeBron's fault that stars aren't coming to look to the Eastern Conference. Actually, it is because stars avoid they used to avoid the Eastern Conference because LeBron ran the conference. He ran the conference and stars avoided signing in the eastern conference but that's not lebron's fault that the, the that 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 there's so many bad owners and so many bad teams in the eastern conference it's not lebron's fault it's not lebron's fault and then he goes out west <laughs> you know you guys say oh he can't do that in the west oh, okay yeah b- best record in the, b- best record in the west lead the league in assists best player in the league like what's next <laughs> What? what 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 excuses next? LeBron is the MVP. No shot of no, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. LeBron is the MVP. LeBron is definitely the MVP. Also, some great news. That was I went on a long rant about LeBron. But um some 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 good news coming out of the NBA Orlando bubble. So out of the 346 cases, or well, no, excuse me. Out of the 346 tests, zero players tested positive for COVID-19. So that's a good sign for sports. That's a good sign for the NBA especially. It's a good sign for the players. Uh, It's a good sign for the fans, the media. Out of of 346 tests, zero came back positive positive. For COVID nineteen, so that's really good. Um, the NBA bubble, I know, in some way, it didn't start off well because I, I like I saw the meals for the first couple of days, and I was like, boy, oh boy, that's rough. Um, but I heard that since players have been quarantining, and now players are, you know, they're they're allowed to walk around the bubble in the premises, in the premises. Uh, I heard that they have they have different eateries that are now available for the players. I heard that Disney brought back its chef. You know they, they have that. They so the eateries is it's fine now in the bubble. It's fine, but that is really good news coming out of Orlando. Uh, I also saw some sneak peek. I got a, I saw a sneak peek at what the what the what the floor looks like. The NBA floor with you know what the arenas look like. Uh, not not too hollow. It's really closed in. It looks really nice. They got Black Lives Matter uh, printed on the floor, so that's great. Um, I can't wait for the NBA. I, I, I you know I am really excited for these eight regular season games. Give me postseason play. I know I know I know I must say I must say because NBA travel was really difficult. I hear a lot of stories about it. I hear a lot of players talk about it. I hear a lot of the media talk about it. I read a lot of books and so forth and articles. The NBA travel is really, really difficult and really hard. So I know with the NBA, with the Orlando bubble and, you know, closing out the regular season and so forth and going into postseason play, I know these players have to, and players, coaches, trainers, whatever. I know they have to be a little relief, a little, I know they have to feel a little relief with not having to travel from back and forth and place to place and state the city and state the, you know, I, I know they are excited that they don't have to do that. And literally all it is is a bus ride, go back home, hotel room, you got everything you need. I know that must be um, that must. I know they have to feel some type of relief and stress-free, not having to deal with that travel. That you know that travel could be it can be rough. I've heard (laughs) it can be rough. It can be rough from a player standpoint and from a team standpoint. So I know there has to be some type of relief where it's literally only a bus ride to the arena. And mind you. The arena is neutral. It's a neutral site. It's a, neut- it's a neutral site. So no away games, no home games, no, no away distractions. I know that must be a relief for the players. Um, but I'll be back after this quick break. Um, later, I- I'm going to give out my NBA awards. I'm going to give out my NBA awards. So six-man of the year, coach of the year, um, so forth, best player of the year, MVP, all that. All that good stuff, I'm giving that out. Um, so I'll be back after a quick break. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I was just scrolling through social media, you know, you know. I've been scrolling, 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 scrolling through social media. And I ran up on something. Bleach report. <laughs> they got to get their stuff together. So, Bleach report um Bleach report betting. This is Bleach report betting. So, uh gambling odds and so forth. And they in Cam Newton, it was this post about Cam Newton Talking about New England and what to expect, you know, he wants to go after his opponents and so forth. The teams that passed up on him, the teams that he felt should have given given him a call. So I had no problem with that, you know. I, you know, Cam he can Cam seems very hungry, uh, rightfully so. I'm glad that he is passionate about it. I'm actually all for. I'm all for it. I'm interested because Cam and New England and Belichick. That whole element, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for it. I, I, I cannot wait. But, 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 but just one but. please <laughs> Report betting odds had Cam Newton as a 30 to 1. That's, that's his MVP odds. 30 to 1. I think, me personally, I think that's a little bit too much. Um... And I do find it I do find it quite interesting that the media's reaction towards Cam Newton signing with the Patriots is just a thrill and a big party in all of these uh, along with that all of these high expectations <laughs> cuz you know, I mean I get it Bill Belichick is a great coach he's a great defensive mind the Patriots have a solid defense for the most part they have a solid defense but I do think Belichick still has a plan Cam still has to learn the system. Uh, Cam still has to go out there and still fight for the job. I just think it's just too many, real, you know, too many expectations going into this thing. Like I said, when Cam first got signed, I'm interested. I think it's going to be entertaining. But not only that, Cam's focus should be playing and playing productive football, being efficient. Showing that, showing teams, hey, I can still do this, this and that, and, and auditioning for your for your next job, because this, I don't think this New England and Cam situation and relationship, I don't think this is a a long term thing. I don't think this is a long term deal. This is not a long term deal between Pat, the, between New England and Cam. This is uh, this is this is a one year. I think this is probably a one year thing. I think Belichick has another. Pl- I think he has a plan in place into where he's going to draft the quarterback next year. Because I think there's some, there's a cup, there's a few good ones. But this Cam and New England thing, uh, this is not a, this is this is this is a one year thing. And Cam should be focused on auditioning for your next job. Auditioning for your next job. Secondly, the media. Come on. You guys talked about how Brady struggled about you you guys talked about how Brady struggled all last year due due to the lack of weapons and the lack of explosiveness that the Patriots offense lacked. Now all of a sudden Cam is the guy that's going to hey, turn this offense around. And like I said, I do understand that Cam does bring a different element to the Patriots offense that we never seen before. He could run. He could use his legs, something that Brady couldn't. But I don't think him the use of his legs will just ultimately propel the the Patriots and their offense to this to this level where they are possibly the third best team in the AFC. Where Cam has an MVP breakout comeback year, I don't think so. I, I I I don't see it happening. I I think they lack they lack too much. The O line is not bad. O line is not bad, but running game. Uh, who's their running back? I mean, Sonny Michelle. Come on, give me a break. Uh, Burkehead. Come on, give me a break. Then who's their tight ends? Cam loves his tight ends. Cam had Greg Olson in Carolina. Cam loves his tight ends. Who in the hell is the Patriots tight ends? Patri- Patriots don't have it. They got traded Gronkowski. Gronk Grunk wanted out. They don't have no tight ends. Then the receivers. No, 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 de- no deep threats. Cam likes to throw the ball down the field. Cam has a strong arm. So Cam wants to throw the ball down the field. How is he going to do that with no deep threats? I know people like to say, oh, Muhammad Sanu, Muhammad Sanu. Muhammad Sanu was more of a really good third option. He's a really good slot receiver. But he is not your number one or number two. Julian Element, he's so determined to prove doubters wrong. Dude, you led the league in drops last year. Give me a break. And you are a, bro- you are a product of Brady. Let's just be honest. You are a product of Brady. Julia, Julian, I'm sure you're probably a nice guy. I'm sure you're probably a smart guy. But you are a product of Brady. And you led the league in drops last year. So there's some decline. <laughs> so Nikhil Harry, hopefully he gets better. But is he really a deep threat? I just think it's, I think it's just totally outrageous. I think there's just some unrealistic high expectations that's been placed on Cam and the Patriots you know, you know, people think they're going to have an MVP year. People think the Patriots are going to, you know, they're going to return back to dominance like they were like oh my gosh, chill. Please stop. 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 But let's stay in the NFL. Let's stay in the National Football League. Um I saw that the so the so <laughs> Players association uh some big time high profile players had came out and said, "Hey, uh, players like Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes came out and said, hey, um, NFL training camp is soon approaching us. Uh, and you guys want us to report to camp, but there has been no, no instructions in f- as far as how do we handle COVID at training camp. And I think that is a valid question. And I think it's really good um, I'm now this COVID COVID nineteen is a definitely an unfortunate situation. It has drastically changed um everybody's lives. Uh um but I think with COVID, it has given players leverage in different leagues. Like even with MLB, you know, everybody was talking about how bad Rob Manfred handled the situation. I'm like, no, 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 no. MLB has had problems. All, uh, uh, just about every commissioner that the MLB has had has had problems and issues with the owners. That's not a that's not a Rob Manfred problem. That's a MLB problem. It's been happening for years. And you know, I thought I thought the the MLB players, yeah, they you know they they got their salaries cut, and yeah, their salaries are guaranteed and guaranteed money. They have no salary cap, but they the 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 owners took a huge they took a huge chunk of players salaries and I'm like Well the players are actually the ones that's going out here sacrificing their bodies not just you know injuries can happen but also COVID then there's a chance that they go back home and give COVID to their families. So I think they're I think players in, in all leagues in all leagues, all leagues throughout the country, throughout the world, I think players have the leverage over the owners. Because at this point, the players are risking injury and health, <laughs> like COVID-19. Something deadly. Uh, and depending on like who these players live with and interact with on a daily day basis, they, enter, they, they there's a possible chance, there's a possible risk of COVID-19. So, I'm glad that the players are speaking out, coming out and saying, hey, owners, um, we, we don't need post. We don't need preseason. And I'm glad that the NFL has wiped out preseason. Because I never understood it. I, ne- I never understood it. Actually, get this. A couple years ago, where, um, when the Rams went to the Super Bowl against the Patriots, um, that Jared Goff team, all those big-time stars, Cooper Cup, Brandon Cooks, uh, Todd Gurley, when he was still healthy and all that good stuff. A couple years ago, when the Rams went to the, they, um, when they went to the Super Bowl, they started off the season eight and zero, but get this: the Rams rested. They they, 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 like none of their star players played preseason, and they started off eight and zero. None of their star players played preseason, and they started off the season eight and zero. So the whole argument that oh preseason is needed because the players need to get in the groove and they need to play and they, you know they need to be able to produce week one and. You know, carry all through all the season? No, 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 no. The Rams did it two years ago. The Rams didn't play none of their stars. Uh, Sean McVay didn't, ha- he didn't play none of their stars. And they started off the season, they ain't no. College kids do it all the time. 18, 19-year-olds and 20-year-olds do it all the time in college football. Yeah, they got spring football. Yeah. But they don't have any preseason football. How do you, and I, and I talked about this. How do you feel, like, how do you, think, how do you think Nick Saban feel? The night before that week one game, and that week one game is usually against another Power 5 school and probably in a different conference at a, at a, at a, at a neutral site, at a neutral site against another Power 5 school that has, that has a pretty good team usually. How do, you, how, how do you think Nick Saban feel? His kids haven't played preseason football. They, they, they haven't done none of that. The 18- and 19-year-olds just go out there and they play. College college football, they just go out there and play. Let these guys go out there and play. We don't need preseason. Plus, let's be honest. Have have you guys seen the stadiums at preseason? Have you seen the football stadiums at preseason? I've been to a couple preseason games. It's empty. It's empty. It's empty. (laughs) Nobody comes. Nobody shows up to the preseason games. Nobody shows up. So, you're losing money. You're not making any money. And I know I, And I know it got to be so bad for season ticket holders because se- season ticket holders, they're paying for 10 home games. So, the eight regular season home games and then the two preseason home games. But who in the hell goes to preseason games? Who in the hell is going to go to those games? It's hard they get rid of those tickets. So, you know, it seems, it seems like, like I said, all, all these sports leagues are getting away from things that don't make money. <laughs> like, if it doesn't generate a lot of profit, if it doesn't generate a lot of money, <laughs> they're getting away from it. And as they should, especially with, with, you know, that's the main reason why they're doing, due to COVID-19. They're getting away from things that don't make money. If it don't make money, we don't need it at this specific time. And preseason for the NFL is one of those things. <laughs> simple as that. It's one of those things that you just don't need. It's simple. It's, just, it's one of those things you just don't need. I'm going to be back after this last quick break. I'm going to be back. We're gonna, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you guys my MVP, my, my MVP awards. Goddamn. I'm going to give you guys my NBA awards. My NBA awards. I'm going to hand those out to those winners um, <laughs> of the awards, obviously, after this quick break. <laughs> okay, you know what? Let's get, let's just get right into it. So I have my NBA awards. Um giving out the NBA awards for the um, NBA season. Um, I should have my background music. No, I don't need the background music. I don't need the background music. We'll do it without the background music this time. We we'll do it. So, rookie of the year. Um, let's just start with the rookie of the year. I think we. I think most of us will agree. It's John Morant. I, I, I'm going. I'm going with John Morant with my rookie of the year. Um, what, he, what he did for Memphis. He brought. I mean, first nobody had Memphis uh, making the playoffs. Nobody had them in the eighth spot. Nobody had them in the playoff picture. Um, and they got there. Uh, I think they have a nice young collective group. Uh but Ja Morant certainly brought an electricity he, he brought a uh, electrifying play style to Memphis. Uh they're more up tempo. They're fun to watch. Um as you know, he led the he led he led all rookies in assists. Uh he averaged seventeen and seven um on good shooting splits. So I think ja I think Ja Morant would have to be my rookie of the year. I I I don't think Zion played enough games. Zion has good numbers. He has he he averages more points, but he just hasn't played enough games. Like he, he I think he played like twenty, what like fifteen games. Nah, nah, that's just it's just not enough games. John Morant played for he played the entire season. He got Memphis in the playoff picture. Um, if COVID wasn't a thing, the Memphis Grizzlies would be in the playoffs, and the, the Pelicans wouldn't have a shot. So or the way how things were going, the Grizzlies would have the playoff spot, and they would have made the playoffs. Um, so I would give it to John Morant for the rookie of the year. Um, most improved player of the year. This is a tough one because I think it's a really, there's some really good candidates like, uh, Bam Adebayo, Brandon Ingram, but I'm gonna go with Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum, I think is the most improved player of the year. And, um, so he was already like a really good player. Jason Tatum was a guy that could average 20, 20 points per game. Like he was all, he was legit that he was already that. But I think with Tatum, he's added a different layer to his scoring to his game, um, and he, and he has the Celtics enchant. I think the Celtics are definitely dark horse contenders to win the title. I think they're def. I think like it would not surprise me if the Celtics were to beat the um, the, the the Bucks. It wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me. So I, I think with Tatum, I think he's the most improved player of the year uh, last month of the season. He he finished last month of the season he was second in the league in points per game. Uh and he's taken he's just he's you know, he was already like a all it was already like a borderline, all star caliber player, young guy, uh prototypical wing player that you want. Long can score all three levels. But then this year, especially you know, especially into the season, like December, January, February, he really took his game to the next level and he was he was becoming a rising superstar, and that's why I'm so confident about the Celtics because he's taking his game to the he's he's like he's taking his game to the ultimate next level. Um, so I have him at the I have him as the most improved player of the year, uh, defensive player of the year. I'm gonna give it to Anthony Davis. Um, I'm gonna give it to Anthony Davis. I wouldn't be mad if you give it to Giannis but I, me personally, I'm gonna give it to Anthony Davis. Uh, I, I, the impact that he brings on the on the defensive side of the ball, I think we. We always romanticize over the offense and what people could, what these players could do offensively, but uh, Anthony Davis is a anchor defensively. He's the I think I think you know everybody talks about the Lakers perimeter defense lack thereof, um, and it's, it's 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 real. Their perimeter defense struggles at times, but it's their interior defense that really impresses me, and Anthony Davis really anchors that. Um, Coach of the year. So this is interesting. Because Coach of the Year, there's some there's really good candidates: Nick Nurse, uh, Mike Budenhoser, Frank Vogel. I think he did a really good job. but I'm gonna have to go with Billy Donovan. I think Billy Donovan is the Coach of the Year. Now mind you, it's similar to my case with John Moran. Billy Donovan in the Thunder was supposed to be that was supposed to be a rebuilding situation in Oklahoma City. That was a rebuilding situation in Oklahoma City that we thought was going to happen. No, well, it didn't. We, with them, with them trading away Westbrook, they traded away Paul George. They got they they acquired all these young assets, mostly young, mostly d- young draft picks. We did not expect. We di- we didn't expect. Um, we didn't expect the Thunder to be forty and twenty four where they are. They finished that with you know f- before the break they were 40 and 24 which is the best win percent sh- since Kevin Durant left and the thunder only have two players older than 26 chris paul and danilo gallinari chris paul actually you can make the argument that he has the worst contract in basketball and then he's coming off a really really bad injury so i would argue that um that the you know billy donovan the coaching job i think he's often you know people like to poke at him but He's done a really good job of Oklahoma City with the 40, with them going 40 and 24. It was supposed to be a rebuilding, it was supposed to be a rebuilding situation. And, and then in the tough Western Conference, uh, he got this team in the postseason. I think this is a great coaching job by Billy Donovan. So he will be my coach of the year. Uh, six man of the year. Uh, I would give it to Lou Williams. I mean, <laughs> I mean Lou Williams. He's a veteran, savvy veteran guard. I always thought he was a professional scorer. He just finds ways to put, the, put to put the ball in the bucket. He he averages 19 points per game. The Clippers don't the Clippers don't necessarily need him to average 19 points per game. But the fact that he's coming off the bench, at almost dropping 20 every night. Is remarkable, and I think he have a big postseason. I think he's gonna have a really, really good postseason. But Lou Will, I always been such a fan of Lou Will because he's older, savvy, veteran, but he's a little guard, and he he just finds ways to put the ball in the basket. He he's and he's a really good playmaker. I think I, I mean Lou Will's a six man a year. I would give it to him. And then the MVP award, I would give to LeBron. LeBron is the MVP. LeBron's the MVP. No simple as that. I made my case. I went on like a what? Like a 12 minute rant about LeBron and being the MVP. I think he's the MVP. It's no it's no getting around that. It's not saying that Giannis isn't a great player cuz he is. Giannis is a great player, but LeBron is the MVP. New coach, new offensive uh philosophy, new assistant coach, new teammate, new teammates, new position. Like like it's so many moving parts. Giannis had nothing new. Giannis he had everybody around him that was there last year. LeBron had a new coach, new assistant coach, new teammates, new Newton, new offensive scheme, new, new offensive system, new uh, new position, and led the league in assists this year. I think it's the MVP, and I don't even think it's close. Um, so those are my MVP awards. Those are my NBA awards. I keep saying MVP awards. Those are my NBA awards that um that that you know it's, that's going to be given out really soon. Those are my awards. I think most. I think that's about right. Jason Tatum, John Moran, AD, Billy, Billy Donovan. You can make a you can make a case for for defensive player of the year for Giannis, uh, for Woody Gobert. I'm gonna go with Anthony Davis, me personally. Um, but um, yeah, I think that's that's gonna do it. We had a great pause today. This is a great one, guys. This is really good. You guys have been doing really well with spreading the word. Um, uh, you guys are doing well with also clicking keep clicking the podcast keep, keep keep sharing this podcast we are growing like i said like i said throughout the pandemic and throughout this quarantine surprisingly surprisingly i mean in like some of it is surprising some of it it's not because with throughout the quarantine and throughout the pandemic we we picked up a new audience we gained more audience a lot of a lot of we gained a lot of new audience so for those who have been here since the nfl season since, uh you know, throughout the NBA offseason from last year. For those who's been here, been listening to this podcast since then, thank you. And I'm telling you, since the quarantine, since pan- since the pandemic has hit this country, we have gained a new audience. And like I said, a bit of it is surprising because, like, you know, a new audience, we, we, I mean, we, you know, we, 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 like our audience took, uh, we went to the next level. We went to the next level as far as you guys clicking, clicking, looking at, you know, listening to these episodes, sharing the episodes, sharing this podcast. We went up to a new level and our audience grew with us. It grew with me. You guys grew with me. And it's not surprising because nothing was on. No sports, no nothing. But I'm a sports podcast and I my audience grew when no sports was going on. How like how does that make any sense? Like no sports to talk about, no sporty, no like no actual sporting events to talk about, and our audience grew. But there was no there was a pandemic and nothing to watch, so people had to listen to podcasts and look at Netflix shows and look at movies. So I'm glad that it happened. You know, keep pushing, keep sharing this podcast, and we're gonna keep growing certainly. We're going to keep growing. It's only going to get better. It's only going to get better. So thank you guys for tuning in once again to another episode of the IKP. Thank you guys for tuning in once again. I'm, uh, you know, um, so grateful for you guys to keep clicking, keep clicking, keep clicking, keep sharing. Um, And all, like I always say, two choices, one decision. I'm out. Peace. Deuces. Enjoy your day. And um, joy, you know, stay healthy. Stay, stay out the way. Stay safe. Take all the necessary precautions, wear a mask, wash your hands, do all those good things. i see you guys later, um, later this week.